Blog Talk Radio. Quiet, please. Movie Beat Conversations with Filmmakers, where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat, you'll learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV, and we will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera, and I'll provide you with guests and information that you're going to want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan, and so now let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. My guest today I'm excited to have back is Mr. Peter Marshall. He's the director, first AD. Uh, he's done many, many shows with us. This is episode number 26. Um, while it is useful to listen in order, if this is the first time listening, go ahead and listen. You're going to get lots of great information. You can always go back to the archives and listen to all of the other shows with Peter and all of my guests anytime, 24-7. But stay tuned. Chat room is open. Hey, and please, when you listen live, uh, go ahead and ask others to listen with you. Share the the uh, the web address and let people know that, that we're on the air and invite them to join the chat room as well. If you're listening to this archive, go ahead and continue to share the, this, these programs with your friends and industry colleagues near and far because uh, when you do, it really helps promote my guests. It helps other people become exposed to the critical, the crucial information that my guests are sharing the official web address of Rex Sykes Movie Beat is my name. I'm your host. It's Rex Sykes, R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S dot com. And again, all of these interviews you can listen to live right from the interviews blog, and you can listen to them archived anytime 24-7. Peter Marshall's been with us before. He joins us again today. We've been talking about the audition process, what directors look for in, uh, in auditioning uh, cast members, and the, what the process can and should uh, entail to make it most comfortable and to get the best performances from the actors. Peter, how are you today? I'm doing very well today, Rex. And yourself? I'm doing well. I'm a uh, uh, day late and a dollar short, uh, totally yeah. hectic over the last couple of weeks, and we're, well, we're filming later Facebook today. Post. Yeah, you, f- you film later today, do you? We film later today, and uh, yeah, well, if you follow my Facebook posts, I've had, I've had, I had hours of problems with the uh, cell phone tra- change over, and I mean, just it took almost four days to, I mean, literally four days, not an hour a day, but mm-hmm. uh, twelve hours a day on, on customer service with these people trying to straighten mm-hmm. the thing out. So it it put me behind, but uh, all is good. All is good. 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 So. Awesome. And um, and now I know, let's do this. Uh, your website is actioncutprint.com. It's actioncutprint.com. You also have an e-zine and uh, a blog. You've got uh, film directing tips and the director's chair. And uh, you make a lot of information available to uh, actors and filmmakers and screenwriters and everyone through your website, through your blog, through your e-zine. And you have programs that you're doing. So you have uh, a director's program that you've been doing, which you've got one coming up in August as well. Yeah, I have a couple of workshops uh, that I that I teach. I have one in August in um, Toronto, back for Rain Dance, which uh, you came up last time. It was great. Yeah, and wonderful. That August August seventeenth and eighteenth. I'm actually before that though. I'm actually pretty excited. I'm actually going to Haiti for two days. Oh wow! Teach workshop at the end of July and beginning of August. Um, it's something that I've been wanting to do to, to help out down there since the earthquake. I, I think when I read uh, just after the earthquake happened that they had a film school down there and it was completely destroyed with all their equipment. I mean, no one was hurt, thank goodness. But uh-huh. I always thought, well, there maybe there's something I could do. And I met, I met a friend who, uh, or a friend I had moved down there, and she's been working all this out. So, uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll be able to blog about that and Facebook about it, but uh, awesome. it's going to be quite an experience. So, awesome. uh, so that will be Haiti. And then and then we're uh, doing another workshop in Vancouver 
uh, in January 7th and or sorry, uh, September 7th and 8th. So I got like three workshops lined up the next couple of months. Oh, so I mean, that's very, very yeah. cool. Awesome. Well, the last time we spoke, it was episode 25, and now we're in 26. I know we, we're doing a, a, an incredible service to people. Uh, there's so much information and and valuable information for uh, both sides of the camera. Uh, well, we're now at that point of where where we're discussing what directors are looking for when when the director reviews the audition. We've gone through casting, uh, callbacks, and you know cold reads mm-hmm. and all that, and now um, so. What's next, sort of thing, when you want to evaluate and review? Yeah. Well, this is a big thing. I think we we did spend um, time the last couple calls uh, going over sort of the audition process, which is which is a you know I'm not we're not going to repeat a lot of things obviously, and people can go back and listen to it, but it really is just to recap what I call the bottleneck of the film industry and and just all of this time that's spent where actors coming in and and have five minutes or ten minutes to show their stuff and 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 it's it's the same on the other side of the table, you know how we as directors and producers. Um, able to choose someone who can determine, can make or break your movie in in a short amount of time. So, you know, you go through a process where it's just not the audition, it's the first audition, then you do a couple callbacks and you give adjustments. And and what are the things, that, you know, there's three or four things you really want to look at. And this is something we've already talked about, but it's really important to go through it. You know, and after all that's done, and you being a producer you've you've been on bo- and an actor, you've been on both sides of the table, it's you're accumulating all of this uh, tape, uh, all of this, these headshots, resumes. You're looking at your notes, and now you're sitting down trying to go, now what? You know, how are we supposed to decide on on all of these on, on who's right for the for the role? And of course, a lot of this happens, um, you know, during you know during the audition itself. Um, you know, as you make little notes and, and just say this is person is you know fits this or does this but really i think you know i think there's something i learned a long time ago and 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 which i certainly live by um for the majority of it is is really you want to cast for performance first and look second and that's what you start with um there's no point in having an actor or an actress um look absolutely like everybody wants but just doesn't have the range for the performance when you need them on the day. And this is, I feel, one of the battles that happens between the the producers and the directors, say, that it's, you know, there's the look. I mean, the person walks in, and it's just what everybody wants, and the producers are maybe pushing for this person because it's just it's just their magic. And But the director is, has to do with the actors on the set, and, and within, by going through the... the um, the objective changes, adjustment changes, and doing callbacks, you know, you want to prove fairly quickly that does this actor have range or not. In other words, can they give this range of emotions and not just be very um, sort of one note, even though they have a look. So this really becomes a major issue. And I think, though, that you want to take it, uh, and it's all based individually on the character in your movie. You know, is this the number one on the call sheet, as I like to say? Is this the person that has to have a range of emotions? Uh, well, you certainly want an actor that, um, you know, can do that. And, and uh, Or is it just, you know, someone who uh, is, a, is comes in as a day player and has only a few lines and they have a very specific look? I always use things like bodyguards as an example. Uh, you know, then maybe you, you know, if, if you feel that you can keep, they have a, just enough range to do a couple lines that you need, but they look, there's this, you know, they're a big 350 pound, you know, bouncer. Well, yeah, sure, go ahead and do that because it's all relative. But you, but ultimately, you're looking for cast that can give you range. So it's really something that is a hard one because. Um, you know, when people come into into the audition room, you just, you know it's what they call the fifty percent rule. They walk in and you, oh my God, they're, they're, they look exactly like you want. You just hope now they have a lot of range, and can take direction. So it's really going through that whole process, and and if you keep in mind these little mantras, like I, I like to give everyone three of this, five of this, a little mantra. It's again just coming back to. The priority is to cast for performance first and look second. So if you start with that, 
uh, and then proceed through your notes and start looking for the people. It's going to give you an idea of who you have. And again, look is something that can be changed. You have costumes, you have makeup, you have wigs, uh, you have all of these uh, prosthetic makeup even. You have all sorts of things that can add to a look. But no matter what you put on top of an actor, you can't change underneath their acting ability or their range. That's going to be the same. So it really just really look for that. And if you keep that uh, as the top sort of um, momentum that you're doing, then I think you should, people should do fine in the casting session. Uh, that's true. Very cool. So um, as you go into this process and you look at um, their performance, you know, they look the part at this point, but they have acting abilities. What 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 do you do regarding um, critiquing their performance? Well, I think, I mean, again, you go through the process. One of the, one of the process we talked about in the last show was, it was really how to do the auditions and the callbacks. And if you, and again, I'll, I'll just repeat some a couple of the things very quickly, is that when you go into the first audition, most likely you're not hiring them right away to work on the set in the afternoon. Now, sometimes that happens because of an emergency like right. TV series, but normally you've got several weeks in between. So the audition is to basically sort people out so you can get to the first callback where then you mix and match all sorts of people and then you get to a second callback where then you're kind of down to two people for each role and then you decide there. So you have at least three opportunities to work with the actors. And that is critical in the audition stage. If you eliminate callbacks or or uh, you're not doing a lot of that kind of work, you're going to miss the you know right looking at a tape you have to, the director has to work with the actor to really really get the essence of how they work so critiquing is is really a lot of gut feeling isn't it i mean we're dealing in a creative environment and a lot of it sometimes is just you know i i can't explain it it just i feels the right or it feels wrong whatever the case may be um but you want to look at both um, as you're getting down to the to decide on some of your major players. It's acting abilities you want to look at, of course. Um, that's that's very important. You go back and look at your notes about did, when they did adjustments. You know, were they believable? You know, I think all, ultimately that's what you're you're after. And of course, you know, everybody maybe has a different sense of what they feel is believable for the character. You know, four or five people in the room, all very intelligent, creative people, are not do not usually all come to the same decision, because we all have different backgrounds. We're all thinking of different things, so it really is trying to hone in on the specific um, characteristics, if you will, of each character that you're after. Um, the actor's physical characteristics, of course, are very important as well. Um, you know, if if um, you know, if they're playing um, like family members or brother, sister, or husband, and wife, you know, the chemistry. I mean, you may have several good actors, but do they actually look like they fit together? Um, these are some of the, the uh, when it comes down to the short straws, these are some of the things that, that the choices are made from. You know, you've got, you know, four actors or two male actors with a, and you've already picked your female lead, and, you know, each actor is brilliant, but you know, these two, they look like they belong together. And that's sometimes where it's, it just comes down to those kind of choices. So, um, and again, looking back, if you, if you're having difficulties in one sense, I guess that's, uh, what we call a champagne problem. You, you have to decide between two people and you're having a tough time. <laughs> well, that's right. good, I guess, isn't it? You know, it's like, yeah, that's good. It's, rather than going, well, this is all we got, I guess that's who we go with. Yeah, it's, you know, we've all been in those situations too. But if you are deciding between a couple of people that have all, they've got all the right stuff, um, then it's, it's, it's a little harder and, and, but you want to go through and, and, and just well, write down their weaknesses too. Like everybody has weaknesses. Uh, the other thing too you can do as as you know producers and and and, uh, and directors is if you are getting down, you have a couple of people that you can't decide. Then I think it's 
to your benefit as a director to maybe, you know, take each one out separately and go for lunch or coffee or beer or something, just chat. See what kind of real person they are. Because, you know, we talked about on in the audition room, everyone's on their best behavior. Um, and they're all there to, to get a role or to get a job. But sometimes it might just come down to um, just going for a conversation. Because at that point, people's, you know, their guards are down a little bit. Now, they still don't have the job. But at least if you have some uh, insight into psychology of human behavior, you know certain questions to ask. You can find out about their background. Um, because the next thing, if you've got two actors of the same capability, who do you want to work with for two months or three months? You know, what kind of person are they? Uh, so I think that's another good way of doing it that a lot of people don't think about either. You know, going for going for lunch and having a conversation is all part of casting. As a matter of fact, actors will look at that every time a director talks to them in any capacity. They're being observed, and I think you have to be aware of that. So there's there's a lot of that. Um, you know, from your experience too as a producer, like you know, give us some of your tips too because you've been in the room a lot too. And and I always like your insight, Rex, because you're coming from also from an actor perspective. And then how do you change yourself from you know an actor coming in a room doing it to a producer looking at somebody coming into a well, room? That's 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 an interesting question. Uh, one of the things that I like that you said uh, a moment ago that I want to capitalize on is is the write down the weaknesses too, because I think sometimes we become so enamored with an actor's strengths that we forget mm. that the actor may have difficulty in other areas that we're not paying attention to. And if we can accurately assess and go, you know what, they're going to be perfect here, but they're going to have some trouble here, then you as a director, the person as a director, um, using their communication skills and their psychology skills and everything can assist the actor in uh, delivering the performance and or, you know, plus it, the other way of looking at it is, you know, we look at pluses and minuses and, and that's also part of the decision process. They were great here, but they can't do that. And it's critical that they do that, not that they do the other thing so well. So um, all of that helps to really um, uh, focus our attention on on what, what they are capable of um, at 360 degrees uh, as best we can. Um, I think that uh, I had, for example, I had an audition the other day, a Skype audition, and I just want to say that it was, the, I think, the most fabulous audition I've ever had in 40 years of doing this. Wow. I had I had previously met with the director for lunch, a uh, late lunch, and um, and we got to know each other, and, and the idea would be that I would cold read at, at the lunch, and it, it didn't turn out that he wanted me to do that. He said, take it home, and we'll do the reading on, on Skype. So I did, but he was so supportive. Whether I get the role or not, whether whether he was blowing smoke up me or not, I don't know. But it was the most supportive. Afterwards, he sent me a note saying thank you so much, and I said, well, it's really, you know, he said you were great, you know, kind of thing. And I said, well, it was it was really easy with such a supportive director, and he said, well, it was so great with such a supportive te- actor, you know. I'll let you know, you know, and so I should know in the next couple of days. But but regardless of whether I got it or not. I left. I I felt so good during the the process because he he nurtured everything uh, about what I was doing. He's and he'd give adjustments and he said, "Well, could you do this?" He said, "Okay." The only thing that was a little a little frustrating up front was um, he started to give me notes before I started. You know, like, "Okay, here's uh, what's going on." This and I went, um, "You know," I said, "I've made some decisions. I've made some choices. May I may I you know do that?" And he, oh yeah 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 go ahead. And um, and so so that was that was for me, you know, because I wanted I wanted to bring something in, and uh, and then we adjusted, and then he said, you know, I'll have you read another part as well, and he had me read for another part, and um, which was blatantly cold. He just sent me the sides mm-hmm. over, and I was not as happy. I mean, it was fine, but it was I was not as I was not as comfortable with the cold reading because I, I I felt again on Skype more pressured to. To almost instantly read, rather than say, "Well, can I have like you know five minutes and go in another room and look at this?" So that was my fault. I could have. I said, "Hey, you know, give me five minutes and, and let's do the Skype call again." So it was uh, a situation for me that came up that I hadn't considered. Um, as as a producer, um, um, I think 
everything that you have said is is crucial as a producer or director. I think the the notion of chemistry and whether or not uh, truly whether or not this person is going to be a valuable team player on the set, who's mm-hmm. going to add value rather than to uh, be someone that needs to be babysat, who's going to cause trouble, who's dour or sour or, or you know... Uh, it creates it's, a distraction, you know. Right, exactly. you know, it's like we're going to go camping, you know, and we're going to be way out in the woods, you know, I want to choose those people very carefully mm-hmm. and very wisely. Um, and, you know, sometimes you get name actors, you know, and you've got low-budget films and you get name actors and the person comes in and, you know, you're hoping that this is the, you know, the marketable name that you can get for your project. And they're a total pain in the butt mm-hmm. just because they can be. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. Sometimes, you know, sometimes they're just sometimes they're just not real nice people or they're having bad days or whatever. But, but sometimes they're, you know, and so uh, you got to look at, I think, I think besides the audition, if you can, and it's hard, but you look at references. Yes. And, and yeah, phone that, other people, check other people out, like other directors or, or that have worked with them. Um, right. And this should be across the board for any position, too. Actors should do that true. with directors. <laughs> you know, Absolutely or, true, true. Yeah, yeah. And I, 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 I just made a few notes here. Sorry to interrupt when, when you were talking sure. about that. He was, your, your director was going to give you notes and, and thing ahead of time. And I think well, there's, a, there's, a, there's a practice which we always like the actor to come in and do whatever they, they want to do first and all that. But I think also on the other side, I just made a note here as sort of a, a protection on the directors that, you know, a lot of times we're eager and excited and passionate. We just want to jump in with two feet and, 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 and just bring you into our movie, into our world. And at the same point, we have to understand as directors that, you know, actors are walking in. They want to, they want to, they want to show you something before you tell them something. And I, you made such a great point there, Rex. I just want to emphasize that. Um, uh, but me, a lot let of me, it, let me, I, I, I agree, and I think also in this in this particular case, I don't know that it made, makes that much difference. But this director is also the writer, so ah, uh, right, and, okay. You know, in this case, it's like he's he's got the character down, and and knows where he's going with it or what he wants with it. So you know, I, I'm I, I could be you know stumbling in the dark, or I could be right on target if he you know, tells me what to do kind of thing. So um, so that well, was just, just saying some people have that as a consideration too. Well, I think, but also part of, you know, sort of, I, I guess my mantra and what I'm, my mission is on, on as far as directors is concerned is to, you know, especially in casting sessions, is to really allow the actors their yeah. first time to do whatever they've prepared because then you're going to see something. As soon as we start adding these little things in even before, or saying words, it, it could spin it off in a new direction that they're not prepared for. That's what adjustments are for, for you to do that. Um, I think you've also, I mean, another note here about writer-directors, and I know a lot of, uh, especially indie filmmakers, are writer-directors. And I think one of the things, just to spin off a slightly from our conversation, is I think if you're a writer-director, you need to really, really know when to send the writer to the bar, and just work as a director. And auditions is one of them. Uh, script read-throughs with actors—that's another one, uh, because you're listening for words, not you know, not that they're not—they're not using the words that are in your head. Uh, it's like because it's visual. Uh, it's, it's an easier thing in one sense to be separate as a writer. And so in other words, you have a writer and then you have a director. And from a director's point of view. Um, you analyze scripts, you do all your script breakdown, your character objectives, scene objectives, et cetera, et cetera, and you're looking at it from a different perspective. You're you're not um, – you don't own the words, and the words are just part of it. How do we take things, scenes out? How do we change sentences and words? Your, your words are not the, the key aspect. But if you're a writer and you spent two years writing your script, um, you know, this, this, what, this is what happens a lot. And, of course, that goes into the audition process where sometimes actors will want to uh, ad-lib or improv. And as good directors, you allow them to do that because that's also part of learning uh, the actor's ability. And sometimes if you're a writer um, and you're really stuck, that you're going to not see something because people are changing your lines. So I just want to throw that in. I've seen that oh, yeah. quite often. And it's just, you know, because you're directing, you've got to put on a separate hat. And really, really, like, leave the writer out of the room, <laughs> and 
uh, and really work on on the and the direct like really focus in on the acting directing and allow them to do that. So thanks for bringing that up. That was a good point. No, oh, no, thank you. So continuing. Yeah, but okay. I, I think also it it is about you know the reviewing process. And of course, the reviewing I said the reviewing process could be like in the in the thirty seconds you have after they leave the room that could be it, or you know sitting down with the casting director and the producers, or or just yourself in the hotel room after just going through everything. You still have to do the process. Um, there's 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 a lot of discussion about you know typecasting. Uh, what does that actually mean? Um, you know, people that are, oh, they fit the role, they look the role, um, he's a bad guy, he, he's always been a bad guy, we'll cast him as a bad guy, every time you see him, he's the bad guy. I mean, this happens quite often. Um, typecasting even can come down to, you know, say, uh, major comedians, uh, Jim Carrey and Robin Williams, etc., who have, who, uh, are these crazy people that are just amazing comedians, but have stepped into the brave, uh, the brave arena of dramatic acting? And we've seen some of their their movies, and and I can imagine the studios and producers and the trepidation they have. Well, wait a minute, you know, can he actually do that? We know he can do this, but but can they do this? And so that is a form of typecasting as well. Um, we have. I think I think the typecasting, you know, when you go back to the original Star Trek, I mean, everybody after that was typecast. Uh, he was Spock. He was like you cannot see him any different. And you know, and so we read about that in the, you know in the magazines and papers that the actors just really can't work anymore because all they're known is as that person, and that's a that's a real problem. I mean, in the sense uh, the audience recognition, they're they are always going to be that. Person, um, I, so uh, you know, and that still happens a bit today. Although I think it's more diverse, but it's really, um, you know, the typecasting uh, is if you want to do something different, you do you want to shake it up. Um, sometimes typecasting is safer, um, and there's no right or wrong here. I think it's it's what's based on the script. It's based on your strength as a director. It's based on the strength of the of the uh, the character that the performer that walks in but you know if you try to try to um shake it up a bit think outside the box and if you have good performers to be able to do that uh i think that's that's a lot more interesting than than sort of oh that person looks like a killer or a fireman or a uh, you know or whatever so i think that's something else to look at it makes um you know, really, really good sense. I have, you know, um, I'm torn with the whole typecasting thing and the in the the pigeonholing. You know, as as Robin said, sometimes actors are afraid they're going to be pigeonholed, and you know that's that's a, a great problem to have until you have it. In some cases, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, uh, sometimes it's great. I mean, you could work for 30 years, and if if what you want to do is make pension welfare and be creative and and do stuff, and you don't mind doing you know the same kind of role over and over again it's not it's not a huge issue but it, i know it seemed more like in the studio days there was a certain amount of typecasting you know audiences didn't want to see so and so as as another type of character they didn't want to see a dramatic actor in a comedy or a comedian in a nowadays i think we are i don't know that the audience has as much trouble as the filmmaker i know that there's a some things that will take me out of a film, and that's, you know, when somebody is, I don't want to say not right for the part in in, in the sense that they're bad acting or, or um, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean, you could put a, you could put a, an actor in the lead and it's not this person's thing and, and hope, you know, you have a little bit of resistance up front, I think, sometimes because people aren't used to seeing the person in that kind of role. But ultimately, and hopefully, you know, they grow in comfort. You know, I think sometimes we're too worried that people aren't going to accept this. And so we we make choices against... uh, Well, against the type, yeah. Against the type or against this person being in that role when, in fact, they could really do a great job. And yes, there might be a little bit of resistance in in the beginning of it from the audience, but ultimately they could deliver. 
Yeah, I think that again we look back at some of the you know when we look at back at the major stars uh, that are there, and as soon as you see a, w- whatever actor in a role, then we expect something from that performer, and it's almost easier. Or or at one point you go, okay, well Bruce Willis is playing this character in Die Hard 23, so he's not going to die. Uh, so we know that already. So you're already coming into uh, something that, or even in Die Hard 1, whatever it was, he was the hero. And we know that nothing's going to happen to him. And But if you're doing uh, your indie movies and you have no-name cast, in one sense you have a lot more freedom. Because right. the story is going to unfold, and we don't know personally any of the actors, uh, I mean the, 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 char- the actors as the characters, we don't. We've never seen these people before, so we don't know if someone's going to live or die or what. So, in one sense, it's more intriguing. It keeps us attached more, you know. And I think Game of Thrones threw the whole loop in when they they, wow. they uh, yeah, yeah. spoiler alert, but that was episode one when Sean Bean, their number one character, number one in the call sheet, was was killed. They they executed right. him. And he was gone, and it was the and everybody went what, and that was brilliant, <laughs> right? I mean, I read the book, so I knew it was coming down, but it was like when you watch the series and the whole discussion on the Internet and everything about this is like, yes, we can do this, and we're going to carry on because of the, the other, I'm not even going to say supporting cast, everybody's unique in Game of Thrones, like in that kind of series, or any major series like that, and it doesn't have to be Game of Thrones, but that was something that was very interesting that happened. And now it's like moving on, and so that did take, as long as you never read the books, it took everybody by surprise. And those are the kind of things that are the brave moments that producers, studios, networks, and directors try to, to go for. So I think that's something always to look at is when you are casting, is the name, and, and again, for marquee value, for monetary value, for budgeting, uh, every film would need would want some kind of marquee player, even if it's just showing up for a day, to say to say something as a cameo, at least you can get their name and photograph on your on your one sheets, right? Right. So that's that's important. So that's so I think that again goes back to the thinking outside the box. Uh, that's an old used term now. I think someone else has to create another term, but it it is so important. It's like because we it because you know what it is, Rex. It, we get comfortable. Oh, here comes Rex. He can do this. Okay, yeah, he's the sheriff. Okay, fine. You know, whatever. There's a friend of mine up here in in Vancouver, and I've known him for a very, very long time. And he's a very good actor. Uh, he works all the time. And uh, I saw his Facebook up the other up, update the other day, and he's on a new series here in Vancouver. And he's standing there in the group, and of course he's in the sheriff's outfit. And I go, well, yeah, he's the sheriff. <laughs> he's the big guy. You know, he has that kind of look. And I went, yeah, like you're the sheriff. <laughs> You know, it's like that's what you get cast or the or the the colonel, you know, like you said, many people can make really, really good living at doing all of this. And that's absolutely fine. But it's like at the same point you go, it's just like a director can get typecast in certain movies, too. And but sure. the actors is you, you're only you. Well, OK, you you've got this is what you can do. This is what they're bringing you in for. When can I get another role? And these are the harder parts. And you know that as an actor, you know. So when can, you know, how do we do this? And cause, But typecasting is safe. We have to understand it. It's safe for, it's safe for the producers, the, the studios, the networks. It's safe for the directors. And heck, it's safe for the actors, right? You come in, you're known for it, you do your thing, and everybody goes home and everybody's happy. But if you're doing switch if you're switching things up if you if you're brave as a director and a producer and it's not just the director it's like who's who's paying the dollar you know the producer team um if you're doing your own indie movies or short films if you're if you're connected with uh, networks and studios then you have more people involved but it's like it just becomes more difficult but it's like try something different think outside the box it's unique it's just interesting it just it just it gives a life form to it it's just there's something magic about it, depending on the character. Oh, that's very, very cool. It is um, uh, about that time where I need to take uh, a halfway break, uh, and then I come know that back. by now because I paused because I saw the time. I said he's going to take a halfway <laughs> you break. Saw it. Now. You saw it. That's cool. Um, awesome. So I just need to find my studio here. It's it's amazing how 
Um, mm-hmm. The pictures are both a blessing and not such a blessing. And uh, my whole studio window has vanished. Oh, I need to try again. But let me uh, start off by saying that you're listening to Rex Ike's movie Beat, Conversations with Filmmakers. My guest today is Mr. Peter Marshall. His website is actioncutprint.com. It's actioncutprint.com. Be sure you visit it. He's got lots of great offerings. He's got upcoming um He's got upcoming workshops as well that you can find out about. He also has a blog and an e-zine, uh, film directing tips, and the director's chair. You're going to want to check into both of those and uh, and uh, and make sure that you do. All of the interviews and discussions that uh, we do here on Rex Ike's Movie Beat are available at rexykes.com. That's the website, and uh, they're available 24-7 both live and archived. And so go back with Peter. For example, this is the director series. We've got, uh, this is episode 26. We've talked about um, directing and working with actors and camera and breaking down the script and scene analysis and performance and casting. And and, uh, we're continuing this process. So go back at your leisure and listen to them. My next guest is Julian Adams, Solar Filmworks. He produced The Phantom with Pendentium, directed by Todd Robinson, both all three are prior guests on, on, on my show, so go back and listen to all of those. He comes up on Monday the 17th, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific. And, uh, and be sure to listen to, to uh, Julian, and we continue our discussion with him. That will be the final show for uh, about a month, hiatus, unless, unless new things happen uh, while I'm in Los Angeles on business. Um, and I can get a show up. I will uh, let you know by Facebook or Twitter. Um, I'm at Rex Sykes Movie BT on Twitter. Rex Sykes Movie BT, the last word is abbreviated, on Twitter. And I am at Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends on Facebook. So join us there and uh, find out about the show lineup, and uh, and we'll go from there. Uh, by the way, Peter Marshall is also on Facebook, and he's also BC Filmmaker. That's British Columbia Filmmaker at Twitter, so uh, follow him. But then uh, I'm, I'm off on business, and uh, I'll be back. We've got more guests coming up in July. In the meantime, go back and listen to the over 400 hours of professional filmmakers like Peter uh, sharing their expertise with you. You've got uh, plenty of time to do that. The podcast is available from iTunes, so uh, you could get that as well. All right, Peter, we're back. Excellent. And uh, by the so, way, I apologize because it appears that the chat room is having issues. Uh, the one thing about Blog Talk Radio that is is constantly annoying is their chat room and the ability for people to get in and out with ease, or they can get out with ease and get booted out oftentimes, but in with ease and to be able to stay tuned. So um, I apologize for that, and it's outside of my um, my ability to control. Right. But uh, <laughs> but if you're listening live still and you can join us in the chat room, uh, go ahead and, and try. Otherwise, uh, archive shows that, that luxury is not available. All right. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You're back. Well, again, we were just continuing our, the discussion on, you know, after you're reviewing auditions and, and, uh, and getting ready say, getting ready for callbacks and things. And I think one of the bigger things is to talk about is the chemistry between actors. Um, you know, that's essentially very obviously a very important part of any role. Um, you know, when you first come in and do readings, they're, they're reading to the camera and a reader off camera. They're just that's just the first part of it. And, and really, the uh, the callbacks are getting you know mixing and matching different actors, as we as we already said, to really what's the chemistry? Do, you know, does the chemistry work, and and how can we fix this? Do they play well together? And these are all very important, um, very important elements through the whole process. And. You know, and I think a lot of decisions then, say you you go through all your audition process and, you know, you're making these reviews. Like you're reviewing not just at the end when you finish everything, but also all the way through. Maybe I, I think I didn't explain that. It's like you know, after your first audition, this is what you, you're reviewing people to bring to your callbacks. And then after the callbacks, you do the same review to bring to the second callback, et cetera, et cetera. So you're doing this all the way through, gradually getting this list of 20 people down to 10, down to 5, to 2, to 1. That's sort of what you're doing. You're just reducing everything down 
And one of the things that's I, I, that's very important to get into, say, callbacks, say you've done your first audition, you're going through all this, is especially with your top characters, is you want to switch the scenes up for the next uh, for the callbacks. You don't want them to have to read the same scene. Now, a lot of times, say in short films or or in smaller roles, that's the only scene they have, and and that's what they're going to be doing. Okay, fine. But for your major players, obviously they have more than one scene. Uh, unless it's a movie called The Russian Ark, I guess, which is all one shot <laughs> for 90 minutes. But it's uh, you want to pick the scenes as well as the director. Okay, so for the audition, say say there's three times you're going to audition an actor, which is what I recommend. There's the first audition, then there's the first callback, and then there's the second callback. So I use the number three as, as my guide. So you want to pick three scenes, again, everything being equal. Uh, so what's the first scene that you're going to do in the audition? Is it really from the first act? It's an introduction and introduces the character. Again, this is your call. Uh, what's the second scene uh, going to be like? And, and then what's the third scene going to be like? You want to uh, have the actors uh, give you, uh, sorry, give the actors an opportunity to show the different ranges and different things they have within different scenes of your script as well. Don't use the same scene over and over again if you have other ones to use. This is a good point um, because then you can see a transition in them. Uh, they're, they're, the actors are, are becoming, to a certain extent, more comfortable with the role. They've heard your direction already. You know, they, they're, they're, they're relieved because, okay, I'm coming back for a callback. So try to do that as well. That's important um, as they go through. So that's a good little tip there. And I think also as you go through these uh, different callbacks, um, you want to raise the stakes a bit for each one. You spend more time uh, in each audition with them or in the callbacks. You want to play a little bit more in there. Maybe ask them to do some improv or, or just ad lib lines or play or give them permission to do things. This is where you get to work with the actors for you know an extra 10 or 15 minutes. And this is before you're, you, they've been cast. Uh, this gives you a really good sense as a director about... Um, you know what kind of person they are. Can can they play? Can they do all these things? Like we talked in the last ep- in the last couple shows we did with you, sort of like all these things you look for. Um, and I think that's where you get to do that. And these this is how you go. This is this is the process. Um, again, we have to sort of really look at. Um, and, and you alluded to that a little earlier in this call today. Um, you know the, the actors are going to be have a certain um rhythm and pace they're going to they're going they're going to be if they're typecast they're going to come in they nail these these roles but you know if you if you're going to push the envelope a bit is it's like sometimes you don't find out on the set that maybe the range is limited and you want to find that ahead of time and so I, it's it's really this three-step process in the audition is is really important for you to do that. And when you and then when you sit and look and review everything, you've got something to review. So again, I'm I think I've repeated that enough now. Um, but again, it's just really go through the process, really work them, um, and bring in the chemistry and allow them to change dialogue, to change things, to to play around a bit. Um, I've always said there's about eight eight times we're going to work with the actors. And, you know, you sort of the first three are the audition and the first two callbacks. And then when they are, I'd say you've hired them. I'm going to skip ahead and just talk about the actor-director relationship a bit here. Um, and then when they're hired, you then go through the script read-through process. So it's interesting, and Rex, maybe you can talk about this um, as you go through the audition process, you go through the first audition, then you get a callback. There's a certain sense of excitement but trepidation at the same time. Okay, you've gotten through door number one, you've got to go through door number two, but you still haven't got the job. Once you get a phone call, and maybe you can tell me about this and us about this, you know, you get that phone call. Like you said, you're waiting for this director now. In a couple of days, you're going to find out. What's the feeling that you go through when you get the phone call that says you got the role? Uh, usually relief and elation. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, one less thing to worry about, and and two, how cool is that? 
sorry. Go ahead. I just took a drink of water and I'm coughing. Well, I said, you know, I just said, uh, you know, relieved that, uh, you know, you've got it. There's there's no more worry, no more stress, you know, wow, I can make the rent kind of thing. You know, all Mm -hmm. those kinds of thoughts or, or, wow, this is, you know, a great opportunity. And then then just the elation and the excitement about being able to to work, work with new people. I mean, there's, you know, it's a huge uh, ball of of different emotions when you get a part that uh, you're really, really wanting and or really, really competing for. Well, and I think there's a sense of relief, like you said, um, and then comfort. So now you're into another zone. <clears throat> and, of course, obviously, when any of us get a job, um, we pretty well have the same emotions, you know, like, oh, my God, yes, and this and that and that. And and uh, and so we go through this. So the next stage after you've made your decision with your actors is, is sitting in, and you do a script read-through. <clears throat> And now, and the reason I asked you what you felt after that is because when you come into, a, you know, into the hotel room or someone's house and you're doing a read-through, it's like there's this, I got the role, I feel comfortable, I don't have to go through the audition process again. And now they're going to, you're be from a director's point of view, you're looking at actors sitting around the table, there is this sense of relief, but now it's getting down to work now, isn't it? Now it's like, let's talk about the script, let's read the script through. Let's talk about scene objectives. Let's talk about all our character objectives in each scene and talk about them and and make sure we're all on the same page. And I think that there's a psychological thing that that obviously happens uh, with the actors first because, well, they now know they're part of a team, but also from the director's side where, wow, we've made the choice. And and now it's like as we go through the script read-through process and all of that, it's like have we made the right choice? And this is not an exact science. Casting will never be an exact science. Anything to do with uh, human emotions and feelings and picking or choosing people on gut reactions, um, it's it's not math. It's not physics, right? Really? So you never will know if your choice is, is the ultimate. And, you know, and then you go through your script read-throughs, which are incredibly important. It's really now a sense of... Um, <clears throat> talking about the script and each scene and what the characters think because this is the you're starting the process of developing the characters now um of uh, of the bonding between the director and the actors and this is where again where script write uh, read throughs or sorry rewrites will start coming in as well so all of this happens during that stage uh as you go through that and they they can <clears throat> and then actors will start to bring in what they feel uh, maybe are certain changes. Um, and again, you've been through this process about, well, should I mention uh, the line of dialogue here or not? Um, and I think it's really important from a director's point of view to really emphasize at the beginning of these meetings that this is open, where it's all discussion, everything's on the table. Um, even if the writer is sitting there, um, even if you are the writer, but another writer, you know, the writer sitting there, this is about making it better. We talk about the script being written three times, when it's written, and then when it's shot, and then when it's edited, and that's the process. <clears throat> and you just want to make it better, because now, you know, when, you, uh, when you're when you a writer or you're a director and you read the script and you're visualizing and imagining the characters that are in there, um, they're all perfect. Everybody's reading everything wonderfully in your mind. And now when you have these <clears throat> real live breathing uh, people around the table and they open their mouth and the words start coming out, um, that changes a lot of things. And so you need to adapt to the characters. And again, not you can't just do one thing. You, you can't just go and say, I'm casting and then we'll never change the script. That never happens. The script is rewritten in the casting sessions as you go through because you you get a sense of how the words are coming out or people are having or five actors walk in and they all trip over the same sentence. Well, there's a problem there, so we have to fix that. You want the actors now to come in and give their input into the creative, um, the, the script writing, the, the, everything about it, not just their characters, but the overall, the overall, everything they can. And <clears throat> this is smart producing directing writing etc now it's there it's the actor's chance now to to input 
what they feel about certain things. And again, as a director, you say, no, yeah, I really, really like that. Let's, let's change that. Or, well, we can't really change that because in scene 23, we need to do this because the actors don't are sort of concerned about their characters and that's what they focus on. It's the director has to know where all the beats and moments are throughout the whole film and where everything matches. And you don't want to go too high in this scene because, you know, three scenes down, that's when we really explode. So we want to keep it low here. And these are all, it's like the music, you know, like directing is like an orchestra conduct, you know, where's the tempo of the music? So it's really going through that whole process of script read-throughs and then which leads into rehearsals you know, where then you get your major actors and it's usually the top two or three actors, uh, whoever you can afford or whoever's in town, and rehearsing certain scenes. You're never going to, I mean, if it's a short film, you could you have a luxury probably of rehearsing everything. But for features or, or indie, indie movies, etc., you have to pick and choose which scenes you want to rehearse. Do you rehearse in a, in a warehouse? Do you actually get to the location and rehearse there? Um, or is it just a hotel room with a, you know, all the tables cleared out of the way you know, and, and tape marks on the floor for the, this is the door, here it is, however you want to do it. This is the other big role from a director-actor's process is to go through. And I'm still talking from the audition process because you're still determining okay, are the actors still, is this the right way we're going? Maybe now you're starting to see through the script read-through into rehearsals that, okay, maybe this actor uh, or this person maybe nailed the audition, but I'm having a struggle here to push the envelope a bit, all right? Because you don't know until you've worked with them. How can we adapt? Can we change things here? So it's always this finding things out, never taking things for granted. Always, every time you talk to actors, every time you're working with them, it's always exploring, always about finding out more details about them as people, but also as they're exploring their characters. Because when you come into the auditions and you meet them or you go for coffee, a lot of it is just about it's the person, it's the actor you're really dealing with, right? Now, when you get into the later stages of this, it then becomes a lot about now you're really talking to the character because now the actor is really taking that in. Maybe you can give a little more information on how you your process in that stage, Rex. Um, re- repeat what you want me to to address. Well, I just think when when you go like after you're hired and you go through this process of script read-throughs and rehearsals, where you step up, where what sort of questions you start asking. Um, directors. Well, I, th- I well from the rehearsal process on, I think it's mm-hmm. just uh, trying to work with the director I- in terms of of their vision of the character. Um, I may have my vision, and I want to be on the same page, or I want them to see my vision, and, want, and they want, and I want to be able to see their vision and, and find out if there's an overlap or if we're you know, diametrically opposed. I'd rather be able to to sit, discuss, to ask, you know, the who, what, when, where, why, and how, and all the subtext questions that I can and, and really flesh it out so that I understand where they're coming from. Because uh, there's, uh, there's, there's, I don't want to be in the position where I'm on the set wondering whether I'm doing okay, mm-hmm. you know, and, and or being interrupted a dozen times going, no, no, you know, do this instead. You know, I want all that to be done as early as possible. You know, and it also not only not only does that for me help me understand who I am as the character, but it also helps me to understand how I'm working with this person and, and what kind of communication mm-hmm. we have. And yes. um, and and that truly is is something that's important. I, I've done things where I've you know, got some sides and I've showed up on a set and never met the person before. They say hi and you step in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. I've, and I've done other things where I've had the luxury of, you know, sitting down and going over things. And and I'm usually more willing than than sometimes. They'll go, well, that's it. Uh, and I'm like, okay, cool. Now let's keep going. And you know. mm-hmm. um, so it's uh, have I have I answered what you're what you're looking for? I mean, did I? Yeah, it's sort of what your feeling is too from an actor because I come from a director's position on it of working, but also from an actor's point of view, it's also about 
you know, wanting to find out about the character. That's your number one job. You know, the DP is the lighting, the dolly grip is pushing the dolly, the sound mixer is the sound, the actor is my character. And it's all these positions. And I also think the subtext of all that, too, is you're starting to find out about the director, just as we're finding out about the actor. So it's almost now, whereas the as you get through script read-through stages and rehearsals, then it's this actor-director relationship starts to build. And as an actors, then you begin to think about, okay, this person also changed from the audition. Like, what kind of person is he? Um, you know, he gave me an adjustment. He was really good. Now it's just like he just he all talks in result directing, give me this, give me this, and do this, and sit here. And he, Nobody knows all this kind of stuff until you're actually working on the set. Its experience will tell you as you go through script read-throughs and and uh, you know, into rehearsal stage. But I think I've always, I use the military analogy a lot. It's really until the bullets are flying. In other words, until you're actually standing right. on the set and the camera's rolling, that's when everything really is going to be known. That's when the, all the real personalities come out. And that's what uh, can we actually do all this? Um, can I actually hit 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 the marks and <laughs> say my lines at the same time? All of that it really doesn't happen until the AD says roll sound. Right. And by that point, wow, it's too late if there's a problem. <laughs> so we've and we all read, you know, we read about um, you know shows that after two or three days are being recast. Right. You know, this, this stuff happens. I've been on shows, you know, 18 shows where we had to rejigger some stuff because after dailies and they spent this, uh, they, well, okay, we have to recast um, for the whatever reason, you know. Um, these are difficult choices, but it, it's, again, I think the last thing we sort of sort of intimate here is, is there's not, like I said earlier, it's not an exact science. You, you, you can't. There's no formula. You use guidelines. We all have. Okay, do the audition and do an adjustment and do a callback. These are all guidelines that will help you weed out a certain, or, or I mean, weed out a negative. Find kind of the appropriate um, person you're looking for. But after that, <clears throat> it's it's your instinct and their instinct that's going to make this work. And that's not you can't predict those kind of things. And I and I think nor should you be able to. If everything was cookie cutter, you know, everything was safe, it wouldn't be an artistic environment. Right? Right, right. It's well, like paint it, by numbers, you know. I, I think, you know, the director actor relationship, I don't have to be friends with the person. I think it's great when that happens that we mm -hmm. can be friends, you know, on and off the set and that there's that kind of mutual admiration or respect. But but it's important if there isn't the friendship to, to be professional and to be yes. to have respect and to have mutual respect and to be able to communicate clearly and understand, you know, the expectations of of each other, um, I, as an actor, as a producer or director as well, but as an actor, I go especially if I'm hired and they're spending dollars per minute kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Even if it's a community theater and we're free, I go. You know, there's a tremendous burden to tell the story for this person, the character, the actor, as it is for the director. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that I'm pulling my weight and that people are happy with the weight that I'm pulling, that it's it's going in the direction. For example, in theater, you know, you rehearse, you rehearse, rehearse, and the night that the play opens after that director's are hands off, there's no notes. Exactly. The director goes to the bar. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. The director's done. But in movies, yeah. you know, there can be notes all the time. So, uh, you know, uh, but I want to be able to respect the the note giver and I want the note giver to be able to respect me and then, and 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 we cross that bridge together um is it, truly an important uh, you know uh, it's a simpatico, you know, it's 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 being together to to tell this story and and to shoulder the responsibility to the investors and and whomever else we have responsibilities for. But when they say action, we got to forget all that. <laughs> It's when they say cut, and it's in between the cut and the action that that all that can come slapping back. So yes, very good, very well done. And I think you mentioned—I know you're—we're almost out of time here, but sure. I, I think also you just sort of mentioned 
you know, the, you know, if we become friends, that that's good. But it's the professional relationship that's the most important, and I think that's really important to emphasize that. That if you know the people, are you really good friends with people? It doesn't matter who they are, a crew or a cast or whatever. And if something's not happening or something's not right, then the friendship sort of steps in the way because it's a professional environment. And people on film sets, have you been on any, anybody's been on film sets, there's this camaraderie of sort of love and hugging and all this stuff, but also there's a lot of tension and stress. And, you know, when things go wrong, you want to be able to put on a professional hat and, 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 and not have the friendship get in the way. And uh, that's a really important part. That's an important part to know point. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. I think, you, can, you know, if it's like, okay, we step on the set, you're the director and I'm the actor, and for 12 hours that's what we'll do. We can go drinking after, but we have to separate the two because right. I can still have an argument with you or discussion, a creative discussion about something. And But if you're the director, then I'd, I'd say, okay, uh, as long as I get my two cents in here and you agree on one thing and but then or disagree on another, that's fine. And then still go have a conversation after. That's that's this, that's this You know, any business can be like that as well. But when you're dealing with this sort of non-physics, emotional business of, you know, theater and acting and film, it, it takes it to a different level. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well put. And I think I think that, that lends itself to another future show, and that is, you know, uh, creative arguing on set. You know, how, how, how to <laughs> handle it. Yeah, creative arguing. You know, how to, how to argue and, and handle it, because there are times when you can argue and you can walk away and you both understand it, and there are other times when yeah. people argue and they walk away and their feelings are hurt and they hate each other and, and those kinds of things, and it makes it tougher. Yeah. Um, for them to come back in. I know that the next time I think that we come back, we're going to talk about creating good character descriptions and casting breakdowns and, and things of that nature. Yes, it's um, something I really want to talk about because it's 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 really a how to mark. You know, when when the when the casting agents when the actors get some information, it's some sides and it's some information, and it's character bio, etc. I think that's one of the, the downfalls of our industry as well that these things are not written properly, and I think that it's really good to talk about that. So thank you. Absolutely, and I want to thank you for being here and uh, have fun in your travels in uh, Haiti and in, in Toronto in August and, and the workshop in Vancouver. And again, your workshop, uh, I'm sorry, your website is actioncutprint.com. It's BC, British Columbia filmmaker, BC filmmaker at Twitter. You're on Facebook as Peter D. Marshall. And you got all sorts of great offerings and all sorts of great things and easing the director's chair and the film directing tips. Did I say that right? Yes. Uh, yes. And and your and your blog. And um, I uh, so appreciate you being here. It's, it's always great to talk with you uh, on or off the air. And I, I wish you and Trilby well. Thank you. Thank you, Rex. And you have a good trip to LA. Thank you so much. I will. I appreciate it. All right, all right Peter. We'll talk. Okay. Bye bye. Bye-bye. Mr. Peter Marshall, he'll be coming back for the rest of the director series, and we do them each in, in hourly installments, so be sure if this is your first time listening to go back and listen to the other episodes in that. There's 25 preceding this one, and we cover all sorts of things for both the actor and the director and the writer. Um, and uh, we, Peter also with me did a first AD series, so if you're first AD or you're a filmmaker and you want to know more about that process of scheduling the breakdown, you're going to want to do that. Plus, he's got products, a director's uh, a product for uh, a program for directors and a program for first ADs on scheduling and breaking down uh, scripts. So uh, you're going to want to check those out and do visit us. Uh, RexSykes.com is the official URL. All of these uh, shows are available there in the archives uh, of the interviews blog. Go find the uh, name of the guest by scrolling through it. Uh, click on their link. It will bring up a bio page. Inside is either a live link or archived links, and they are active if they're bolded. So it will say to listen. Click here. If it says to be announced, you know, date, and it's not in a bolded link, you you can't access it yet. It's pretty, pretty easy when it when all is said and done. It's pretty dumbed down, actually. So go and uh, visit the archives. They're also available as podcasts at the iTunes store. You can download them to your favorite device. And uh, lastly, they're available at Blog Talk Radio itself, the platform which these are recorded on. Please do share these discussions with your filmmaker friends and colleagues near and far. Post, tweet, uh, 
write comments uh, at the player on Facebook, Google+, your favorite social means, and uh, and share them in person on the phone, email, or or by the Internet. And that, that helps promote my guests. It helps promote me. These interviews and discussions are brought to you absolutely free. So in exchange, please do share them. Please do shout them from the rooftops uh, far and far and wide, and um, and then also leave comments uh, before you leave listening to the show. You always find the comment window underneath the player. Uh, sometimes it's not visible until the player is shut down. But uh, if you leave comments, we leave comments on Facebook and Twitter, as I said. Follow me on Twitter, Rex Sykes Movie BT, Rex Sykes Movie BT, Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends page on Facebook, go ahead and like it, join it, come and like it, and you will be updated as to my guests. My next guest is Mr. Julian Adams on the 17th of June, uh, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Be sure to join us then, and we talk about Phantom and other movies that he's worked on and produced, and he's got stuff coming up, so join us that day. I will be in Los Angeles. I look forward to seeing all my Los Angeles friends and colleagues and fans and all that sort of thing. I've uh, got a lot of business to do while I'm there, and I am eager to do it. I a- arrive back on Tuesday, and uh, uh, I'm very fortunate to be um, back home. It's my home, and um, we're filming on Serum now. Today is in the hands of a very capable and wonderful editor. I'm looking forward to that progress. We'll keep you all updated. But for now, everybody... Um, I'm going to say so long, and I hope you enjoy the weekend. Thank you so much for your support and for all that you do. I've got exciting guests coming up in the near future, so do stay tuned. Please keep sharing, and have a fabulous week. Everybody, have a fabulous day, too, and make your movies, complete your projects. Until we meet the next time, that is a wrap. <laughs>